Well, good morning, Vintage Church. How's everybody doing? Y'all doing okay? It is good to see you. My name is Joshua, and I want to welcome you here as we uh, round out this series that we've been in the last couple of weeks called Numa, which is an introduction to the Holy Spirit. And I'm so glad you're here with us this morning. Uh, and a couple of things I wanted to mention right off the top. I know we might have mentioned it here in our Easter video uh, about Holy Week, which I'm super excited about. But we've got our Easter Central table set up in the comments. And again, Pastor Nate shared that statistic that 2% of Christians have a plan on who they're going to invite to Easter. And we want to be a part of that 2%. Amen. We want to have somebody in mind to say, you know what, Jesus has something better for their life, and I want to make sure they're in the room to experience it. And so that's what Easter Central is for. Make sure to grab an invite card. Uh, and then secondly, this afternoon, after our third service, Membership U is happening, and we invite anyone who has been looking at our church and seeing us operate, and I don't know about you, but I've watched uh, sports, I've watched uh, swimming, I was a swimmer back in the day, not anymore, um, <laughs> I've watched football, and I don't know about you, but you just sit there and you think, man, I would just love to get back in the game. I would just love to be in there and get to, get to tackle some people and throw some ball. You know what, that's what Membership U is for. So that you can get in the game, that you can be a part of what we're doing here at Vintage. And we love it and we'd invite you to come. But um, back to our message series. So we have been talking about the Holy Spirit as a person. Uh, Holy Spirit as God himself. And, and we want to remember this, this point, which is our experience informs us, but only God's word forms us. Maybe you heard that from the first week or the second week. Or this week. But we want to remember that no matter the experience or the encounters that we've had in the past, we want to be able to put those to the side and we really want to look at what Scripture has to say. We want to go back to the basics of who the Holy Spirit is. And that is why we got to go back to God's Word. First week, we talked about the Holy Spirit's with us. Then we talked about He being upon us. And then lastly, we talked about Him being in us. And Today, we are going to finish off this series by talking about how the Holy Spirit works through us. Everybody say, through me. Through me. Yeah, some of y'all, through, uh, ooh. through me. Because we're supposed to be a conduit. We're supposed to be a vessel, not just something that carries something, but moves it to another place in another direction. And that's our first point today about the Holy Spirit's work through us is this. The Holy Spirit is the power and presence of God. Write those down. Power and presence of God. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we see this said, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And if you look a little bit deeper into the Greek of this passage, what you see there is that the word power comes from this word dunamis in the Greek. Dunamis. It's spelled D-Y-N-A-M-I-S. And if you look at the etymology of this word, context is important, but when you look at etymology and you look at this word dunamis, it actually ends up translating over to the word dynamite. <laughs> dynamite. So you see some type of uh, relationship between this word power and dynamite. And what Jesus is saying to his disciples is that dynamite power is going to come upon you and you will be a witness for me throughout the entire earth. I remember when I first moved here to Harker Heights from Austin and I was sitting in my room one day and I hear these loud 
boomings from somewhere. Just like sitting there watching Netflix and I just and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, revelation is happening. Jesus is coming back. And little did I know that is Fort Hood. And that is what you get when you come to Fort Hood. Amen. It's unmistakable. You hear it. And you know it's happening. You feel your house shake a little bit. That is what the power of the Holy Spirit does. It's unmistakable. It's noticeable. And, and here's another way to put it. You will receive power like that of dynamite. Dynamite from the Holy Spirit. So that you can die to yourself and live for me. This is what we see in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. Paul makes it really clear. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. How many of you know that that can be hard sometimes? To give up yourself. As much as I wish that it weren't the truth, it's, it's true. It's tough to make the hard choice to not live for yourself and instead live for the sake of Christ. Sometimes it's hard to put our reputation to the side at work to talk about something that maybe nobody else wants to talk about, to put yourself out there. Have you ever lacked the confidence to speak up in a moment? I know I have. To stand up for Christ or maybe not feeling that boldness that you wish that you had or, or being at times even ashamed to follow Christ and we've missed the moment before. And I just want you to know that, that you're not alone. I know I have been there in those times. And I think if we look at the story of Peter, the Apostle Peter, we see a really similar story, really similar trajectory. We talked about this last week. It's good to look at it again. Um, the Apostle Paul, he, he screwed up three times. He denied Christ, not once, not twice, but three times. He was lacking some boldness to stand up in the moment, in the face of persecution, He missed the moment. But what we read is that 50 days later, on the day of Pentecost, Peter shared Christ, shared the gospel with thousands of people, not not timid, not a little bit like, I'm going to share it and I'm going to run for the hills. Peter shared it in a different way. Here's what we read in Acts chapter 4, verses 4, uh, sorry, verses 5 to 13. It says this, the next day, Their rulers, elders, and scribes assembled in Jerusalem with Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and all the members of the high priestly family. And they had heard Peter and John stand before them. They began to question them. Here's the question. By what power or in what name have you done this? And then here's what we see. Then Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we're being examined today about a good deed done to a disabled man, by what means he was healed, let it be known to all of you and to all people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who who was crucified and whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing here before you healthy. This Jesus is the stone rejected by you builders, which has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is No other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. Here's what it says. When they observed the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and recognized that they had been with Jesus. How many of you want that boldness? To stand up when you need to stand up. To to invite someone to church when they need to be invited. When you see that brokenness in their life. 
What we see here is that it wasn't a different Peter. It was a different power. He had some different juice. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, things begin to change for you. And maybe today you're feeling increasingly insecure about living as a Christian and as a believer in a progressively unchristian culture. And the, and the truth is, maybe you're empty, dissatisfied, but that's the thing. God still needs us to say yes. We still got to be filled with the Holy Spirit in every step of every day. And I want to encourage you, you can experience a deeper love for Christ and see your life change and see other lives change when you're empowered by the Holy Spirit's presence in every step. And so how can this Holy Spirit help us with this? Here's point number two. The Holy Spirit continually fills us. It's number two. Continually fills us. Jesus spoke about receiving power from heaven as part of his final words to his disciples. Luke chapter 24, verse 49. says, And look, I am sending you what my Father has promised. As for you, stay in the city until you are empowered from on high. The disciples had to wait to receive the Holy Spirit once. Um, and after that, the floodgates open. <laughs> they, they experience the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit. Now, it's true that in the moment of salvation, when you accept Christ for the first time, the Holy Spirit's there with you. But what happens is, is over time, we leak. <laughs> we leak. It, it goes away. Just like in a marriage, the honeymoon phase ends at some point. And you've got to start putting the work in to, to grow your relationship. And you've got to keep on pushing forward. It's just like our relationship with the Holy Spirit. There are subsequent experiences where the Holy Spirit will need to fill you again and again and again. And when we talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit, that's what we're saying. We see a pattern in Scripture where the early believers were continually filled after Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And in Acts chapter 4, we see Peter again filled with the Spirit. It says this, Acts chapter 4, verse 31, after they prayed... The place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Now, Peter had already experienced uh, being filled by the Holy Spirit. He already had that moment. But again, what happens? We leak. That, that, that moment fades, and it goes away, and we need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. So what do they do? They lift their voice and ask for more. And I think there's sometimes in our faith when we get started on this journey and it's great and we're following Christ and we, and, we, and we love it. But the truth is we get into everyday life and it's like, man, this thing is hard. It's hard to live this thing out. And we got to be constantly under the faucet. And let me just be clear. When you come to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. But when you cry out to be filled by the Holy Spirit, there's a fresh overflowing of the power and presence of God. Amen? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, and don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit. There's a big difference there. The verb tense for the word there, filled, means present, active, continuous. And so another way you could read this verse would be don't get drunk on wine. Don't chase other experiences that ruin your life. Instead, seek to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has free refills. He does. He's there every single day. And so when it comes to being filled with the Holy Spirit, we also have to talk about the fact that the Holy Spirit gives gifts. He gives gifts. Write that word down. 
He gives gifts. The, the Bible teaches that God wants to, get, wants to give the Holy Spirit to those that ask for him, that are willing to receive him. In Luke chapter 11, verse 13, this comes right after the passage of ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open, ends with this. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And all you have to do is ask. Ask in faith because Jesus said the Father will give. And keep in mind, as we'll read in just a moment, the Holy Spirit gives gifts as he sees fit. So while we have to ask, be careful not to put God in a box demanding a specific gift. The Holy Spirit's a giver of gifts. He's got gifts for you. He's got gifts for me. And when we talk about gifts, there's three categories. The first category is gifts of the Father. And we see these in Romans chapter 12. You can go read that later if you'd like. Again, Romans chapter 12. Those are gifts available to all believers. Then you've got the gifts to the church. And this is the apostles, the evangelists, the prophets, the, the teachers, and the pastors. The fourfold or fivefold gifts of ministry. Then we've got the third category, which is the manifestation gifts. These are the gifts of empowerment. And we read these in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 11. Let's take a quick read. A manifestation of the Holy Spirit is given to each person for the common good. That's important. Not a self-seeking good. Not a all about me, I can speak in tongues and I'm a better Christian than you good. No, that's not good. The common good to one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the performing of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. One and the same Spirit is active in all of these, distributing to each person as he wills. There's that personhood of the Holy Spirit again. He has a will. And we got to remember this is just an introduction on the Holy Spirit. <laughs> We're not going to go deep into each and every one of the. Our teaching team right now is talking about doing a deeper series in all of this this fall. And it, it's going to be great. But just to introduce you, I want to talk about different kinds of tongues. Because I know that this can be a place of confusion. In, in, in scripture we see three different types of tongues being used and operated in. And the first way is the prayer language. Maybe you've heard of this before. Prayer language. We talked about it last week, but it's the idea that sometimes we don't know what to say and the Spirit prays through us, through utterances or through groanings. And, and we see this and it's referred to as the prayer language. Then you've got other natural languages. The Holy Spirit speaking through someone through a natural language. God will grant an unlearned natural language to people from time to time in order to spread the gospel. I remember my parents telling me growing up about a trip that they took to Guatemala as high school students. And they were ministering to a, a tribe there and, and praying over them. And they had an interpreter, a translator there that was interpreting their prayer. And one of the students in a moment began to pray in English. And through their time of prayer, began to speak in tongues. And at first they were thinking, okay, this is a prayer language. They're, they're speaking in tongues. These are utterances and groanings of the Holy Spirit. And as the interpreter listened, as the tribe listened to what was coming out of this high school student's mouth from Cedar Park, Texas, it was the language of the tribe. It was their original language coming out of this student's mouth, perfectly expressing the importance of the gospel. Now that is a miracle, and we see these things happen time and time again, but the third 
category of tongues is this, prophetic tongues. This is the kind of speaking in tongues where you might have a word for somebody or uh, pray for somebody or spoken word of encouragement, and then it needs to be interpreted. But like I said, we can't go into great detail into all this today. But it's important to know that the Holy Spirit works through the gift of tongues. And, and as we start to close, we got to remember a few things about receiving and operating in these gifts. These are gifts. They're given to us. And they're not meant to be scary or threatening or confusing. And maybe you had that experience. I know I did. But there's a purpose behind the power. You and I are filled by the Holy Spirit to be spilled into our environment, to the people around us, to make a difference. And like that we said at the very beginning of this message, the power of the Holy Spirit is so that we can be a witness to others, so that we can be a martyr to others, so that we can lay down our lives to show that Christ is real, that God loves people, that his knowledge and wisdom goes beyond anything that we could imagine. And that's why outlining these gifts, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, but desire the greater gifts, and I will show you an even better way. I don't know if you haven't really desired these gifts lately, or maybe you haven't really taken a look at this passage recently. And maybe you just kind of been, you, you made the decision a long time ago to follow Christ, but it's been a while since you've really been filled by the Holy Spirit and allowed him to overflow into your life. And you might be thinking to yourself, how can I experience this again? How can I experience this again? I want to quickly look at this as we close. How to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because this is important. Here's the first point. Ask. Man, that's complicated. <laughs> No, it's not. The first step is to ask. You ask the same way you receive anything. You ask for the Holy Spirit's presence and his power. It's crying out, God, fill me. Just like that song that you've probably heard on the radio, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. That's our prayer when we ask. And we know that the Holy Spirit dwells in us. From when we accepted Christ, we know that the Holy Spirit is with, upon, and in us at all moments. But there's something significant about asking because why does, why does Jesus say in Luke chapter 11, verse 9 through 10, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for? He doesn't say, oh, you knew. You knew I was there. You don't have to ask. I'm here. Because just because you know someone's going to be there doesn't mean that you shouldn't still ask them and invite them and make sure that you knew that they were there. You know what I mean? There's a different, it's different. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. If you've been filled with the Holy Spirit before, but you want more, now is the time. We're going to go through this in a moment. Keep on asking, and you'll receive. Here's point number two. Everybody say point number two. Just making sure. Point number two, receive. It's not enough to just ask. You have to be in a, pos- in a posture to receive. Sometimes in worship, you see people like this. This is a posture of receiving. When someone's going to give you something like a a large flat screen TV, I guess. (laughs) This is the posture to receive. It's not about the hands, but it's about the heart. James says, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father. So ask knowing that you will receive. Sometimes we have to slow down our life, still our souls so that we can receive. And remember, this is not just a one-time experience. You receive Jesus one time, but the Holy Spirit lives in you as a result. And wants to flow through you. And then here's number three. Act. First we ask. Then we receive it. But now we can't just sit on it. On our blessed assurance. 
We got to go out and act. Step out. When the Holy Spirit starts to speak to you, listen to him and follow through. That's my challenge to you today. If you, if you feel a nudge to maybe reach out to somebody that you knew a long time ago back in high school or back at your old job and you, just, you have that urge or that nudge to just text and see how they're doing, I dare you to do it. You would be surprised what people may be going through. And you just, you forgot about them. They're, they're in the past. Uh, if he's telling you to reach out to a neighbor who's battling illness and you know they're going through it, um, reach out. Maybe he's challenging you to start a small group here at the church or become a member and come later this afternoon. Maybe you've been kind of just coming in for a while and just kind of coming in and walking out and it's time to take a step. I, I challenge you to take a step. Take a risk. Begin to worship. Begin to step out in faith and allow God to receive, to release his gifts in you. Could we just all bow our heads for a moment? And if you could just put your hands out like I had it a second ago, just like this. And I just want to go through this for a moment. This is not about me walking us through it. This is about your heart and your position towards God. But I just want to pray us through this infilling of the Holy Spirit. So God, we just ask for you. God, we know that you're here. We know that you're present. We know that you're working, even when we don't see it or feel it. But God, we ask for you and we invite you in. God, trade out our desires for your desires. And God, secondly, we receive what you have for us. God, if there's a gift that you have for us to operate in, God, we receive it. We say yes. If you have wisdom for us to share with someone about, about your word to someone who needs it, God, help us to do it. God, if you've given us a gift to be able to help heal people through your spirit, God, help us to operate in that. And then lastly, God, give us the boldness to step out. Give us the boldness to share Christ to those that we know. Not just in our words, but in our actions too in our attitudes in everyday life. In Jesus' name, let's just keep our heads bowed and our eyes closed for a moment. And the truth is, not everyone in this room, statistically, has truly accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Or maybe the truth is, you raised your hand like two months ago and nothing's really changed. You haven't made any, any steps. You haven't really gone the extra mile to, to, to make Christ your Lord and Savior to follow him. Truly accept him. And I just want to encourage you this morning, if that's you, I don't care which of those sides you came from. It is not too late to restart. To say, you know what, I'm going I'm to make this commitment for real this time. And so if, if you want to accept Christ as your, as your Lord and Savior, Romans chapter 10 verse 12 makes it super clear to us. It says that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Period. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. It is not about the prayer. It is about the heart. And so in your heart, if you want to make that decision today, and we're going to give you some next steps. I'm not going to call you up here to the front. I'm not going to embarrass you. But if you want to make that decision, I, would, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Just lift your hand if that's you. I see you. Yep. I see five of you on the side. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. I see your hand, ma'am. Anybody else? Anybody else want to make a, make a change today? I see you. Well, church, we believe in this decision that they're making, and we want to stand by them. That's what it means to be spiritual family is that we're there for one another. We're committed to one another. And so let's just pray this prayer all together out loud. Let's say, Jesus, I need you. I've gone my own way. 
but it hasn't worked out. You died on the cross for me. You rose from the grave for me. And I accept your grace and forgiveness in my life. Lead me. Guide me. Show me what is next. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Hey, let's give it up for those seven that made their hand. Yep.